podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Nina Calder Show. New Year, same old walls, same old troubles. And Liverpool losing 3-1 to Brentford. A really, really frustrating, frustrating Monday. Not how I wanted to start the new year, but it is what it is. I have two incredible guests. Um, let me introduce them to you. Hopefully they're going to pick me up on this because I am on an absolute downer. First up, making his return. I think he anticipated this kind of result as well, given the fact that we both were on the Leicester City podcast. It is Dave Horrocks. Dave, welcome back. Hey there, Nina. Thanks for having me on again. I did offer to send in a recording before the match, uh, and I think my opinions probably haven't changed since we saw that shit show. <laughs> yeah, but it's always, I always appreciate it more live. It's more organic, and I can respond and kind of cackle along the way or cry or whatever. And joining Dave on the podcast, making his return to the Nina Kauser show, it's a familiar voice on Anfield Index. I love working with this guy. You guys love hearing from him as well. It is the incredible Justin Wells making his return. Justin, thank you for joining us. This is a fantastic introduction. I hope I live up to it better than Liverpool. Liverpool's players lived up to wearing the, sh- the shirt today because that was, uh, that was ugly. It felt like there was just a lack of effort, a lack of trust between players and their teammates, and just a bunch of the same problems that have been rearing their head throughout the first half of the season really kind of felt like they, uh, they, they came back together. Like, to me, I feel like I did after, after Napoli. Um, pretty dejected and not particularly happy about what you know how we got to what we were doing yeah it felt like it was really really bubbling on the surface and you know please do show um justin a lot of love uh people it is his birthday tomorrow and um he's always having to celebrate his birthday after the res put in an absolute disgusting display so um just putting that out there right we have some callers i need to get to the first one really really quick before we start you know talking about the game so first up we are joined by harinda who was actually at the game harinda you there uh, yeah happy new year everybody Hooray. <laughs> um yeah um we were diabolical right to <laughs> we started well like first five minutes from what I can see, is obviously Nunes got cleared off the post. Um, but then, as soon as Leicester, sorry, as soon as Brentford scored, and you could tell from the overload of the corner that they, they do this, they do this all the time. They're well drilled on their set pieces and, and corners, and they always, always, always will hammer the box. And it's like we'd had no plan for it. Like clueless, thoughtless, or whatever you want to call it. It's a very, very cold London evening as well, which doesn't help anybody. So you think they want to run around more? No, fuck it. Static statues. No problems. Don't worry about it. Want to score again? Do it again. Luckily, we had uh, VAR on our side, 
which lasted for approximately three minutes. When they did the same kind of move again, cross comes over, header, mm-hmm. goal. <laughs> I, I don't get it. It's, it's as if Liverpool don't think anymore. You know, it's a really hard thing to say as well. It's a bit of a pill to swallow that we don't think anymore. But let's uh, keep on saying Leicester. Obviously, I keep thinking about the 2 1 where they score, where Leicester decided to give us all the goals because today Brentford played much better than us. Mm. Really hard. Second half, for about 10, 15 minutes or so, beginning of the first, second half, we were all over them. And I think we had a measure of them in the second half as well until I get the third goal. And it's really, it was game over by then. You see people leaving with about 10, 15 minutes to go. But what do you do? So that, that's a question to the panel. What do you do? We are a team that seems bereft of ideas and don't want to move, even when it's cold. And if you run around the cold, normally you get warmer. We don't want to do that. We just don't want to do that. So what do we do, panel? Question to you. What well, you know what? That is a really, really good question. And it kind of teases up nicely to another question that we received on Discord. Um, it's by You Never Walk Alone Foodie. Question for the panel. Can they identify what Klopp and his backroom team worked on in Dubai? As I can't see it, same old issues. Justin, I'm going to come to you. Um, I think both of those kind of questions kind of marry themselves together. I, I mean, I, I can answer that for him. They worked on their tan. Uh, yeah. If you want to know what they worked on, it looks like we're trying that same set of tactics that we tried at the beginning of the season that seemed really incoherent. Like, how many times, and I guess, Verinder, you had a better view of this than any of us, because, you know, you were in the ground. How many times did we, in the first half, did you see Mo Salah have to touch the, like, hug the touchline to get the ball? He's just just getting stranded out wide. And I I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a simple man. I like to think of things in a simple way. And the way in which this kind of works for me is Mo Salah is one of the 10 best players in the world, you know, maybe even in the top five. He is an elite creator. He is an elite goal scorer. You know what you should do? Get him the ball as much as you possibly can. Like, it feels like we're trying to shift now to just play everything in behind to Darwin. And as much as Darwin has potential and does all the chaos stuff, the ball isn't going in off of any part of his body right now. So I'd maybe want the guy who actually does score goals to be the one who we're actually playing through. And it just doesn't seem like that's the case. Um, we finally got to playing to Salah in the second half when the game state was just, okay, Brentford's going to stand there and just, you know, park the bus. Um, but yeah, it feels like we're just, we, we, we've gone back to using Mo to stretch the pitch horizontally rather than, hey, this guy's pretty good. Let's get him on the ball. Frustrating. Yeah, I, I noticed that as well, um, certainly with Mo Salah and the setup in terms of him being really, really stranded out wide. And I was kind of thinking, Dave, was that kind of to do with maybe the personnel in the team as well? You know, with the likes of Elliot and Ox, and, uh, do, or do you think it was um, maybe a clock instruction? Because we know it doesn't work. It never has worked. And the way you see Mo Salah at his absolute um, you know, best is when he's actually creating havoc and being a menace for defenders inside that box or you know he's on the end of a ball and he can run and make a counter-attack you know those kind of those those kind of options and I did not see that from Marcel actually I actually thought overall he didn't have second half he was better but in the first half he looked very very jaded to me and another thing as well I mean again with the two questions Dave I'd like to get your thoughts again we kind of got done on the set pieces 
And that was something that was really, really unusual for me to see as well, because normally we kind of say we're quite good on set pieces. Yeah. So, I mean, tackling that in different parts. So what what can we do? I think the first thing for me is I actually want some proper fucking answers from Klopp on this because he's come out with all this cryptic shit about, you know, we have to reinvent (laughs) ourselves and whatever. When he came in, it was clear it was going to be this heavy metal football. It was all about the Gengen pressing, and you could see it. We had this identity, and it seems like whatever we've come up to, come up with, you know, we've tried this out. It hasn't worked, and then we when we've moved Mo in more centrally, where he can be more effective, then then it's worked, and we've started getting results. You know, he gets more touches in the box and whatever, and we do better. It seems to me that with the World Cup, all they've done is convince themselves, oh, yeah, it didn't work because of these reasons, A, B, and C. But we know it's a solid plan, so we're going to go back to this. Because I can't have the, okay, if we're going to play Elliot there, then maybe Mo has to stretch the game a bit, stretch it a bit wider. That's the wrong way of looking at it for me. You start with, right, where is Mo going to be most effective on that pitch? And then you make your other decisions secondary to that. And I'm just so unbelievably frustrated. I'm so sick to fucking death of seeing the same shit game after game. And, you know, we said after the Leicester game, okay, we had two comedy kind of own goals, which bailed us out, really. But I think the first half that we saw today, was almost the same as what we saw against Leicester. I don't think we were particularly great uh, in that first five minutes. I thought, you know, Nunes misses his obligatory sitter. He's got the whole fucking goal to aim at and manages to hit the defender. Um, I I just, we know he's going to be that inconsistent chaos creator, but it does seem like he's our only outlet at the minute down that left-hand side. And the biggest frustration I have at the minute is that we have no identity. I don't know, other than this. It's not heavy metal. It's fucking experimental jazz or some shit like that. You know, it's just all crap flying off in different directions. Just a lot of sound, yeah. When Brentford had the ball, they broke with purpose. And Mm -hmm. they hit long balls, but with purpose. That third goal was, you know, they'd done that. They threatened to do that a few times. And, and when we do it, we lump it forward. Canate stayed up for a few minutes in that second half. I don't think we fucking found him once. We're still dicking around with it in the middle. And it's just unbelievably frustrating. So in getting back to the question, and you'll have to remind me what the second part was, but we need to get Mo more centrally where he can be effective. And then the rest of the team molds around that. The second thing is, why the fuck are we playing Naby Keita, uh on the bench and we're playing Elliot in front of him when he started in the last game as well, a couple of days ago? So, uh, uh, And it, when he came on, Naby didn't show me anything that said, oh, he's, he's carrying an injury or, you know, I thought Elliot was pretty poor and I'm a big fan of his. But it's just, it's crazy to me. I said at the... Uh, end of the last pod, we have to play that ideal midfield of Fab, Thiago and Naby Keita when he's fit. We have to take advantage of the fact of when he's fit, let's play him. And, uh, you know, so to only bring him on as a panic, really, in the second half, because I, I felt like it was, you know, press the big red button, 
everything's going wrong, triple substitution, let's try and rescue something here. But we can't keep gifting first halves and, and goals to teams because we'll get punished for it. And tonight we did. And what, yeah, what did. was the second bit, sorry? Oh, it was just about um, what did they work on in, in training in Dubai. I mean, one thing I kind of noticed as well, normally before the World Cup, people were kind of exposing the right-hand side of our defence. In this game, the left got completely done over. Mwembo just absolutely just took the piss out of Timikas. And just yeah. the left-hand side of our defence, it was a joke. It yeah, actually I, I, what I think they worked on was, it, it's, it's that confirmation bias. I'm sure that whatever they worked on in the pre-season... They believe in that. So whatever it is that they were trying to do at the start of the season, they've took stock of it and gone, oh, they've made excuses and convinced themselves that it didn't work because of A, B, and C, whatever A, B, and C are. And so they've tried to get back to that original plan. That's, you know, again, the, the tactics guys and everything will, will be able to analyze that and where are players on, what runs are they making and everything. But... Just from the eye test, that's how it looked like to me. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. You know, there's one other thing that we should bring up from also what they did in Dubai, though, which is just the physical conditioning of the team. It's still bad. Like, it doesn't feel like they fixed the ability to do a lot of high-intensity running. Um, I guess some of that's going to be because of the fact that you just have guys who probably aren't capable of doing it anymore. That said, the one person who actually does look like he has the ability to do the high-intensity running against Fabinho, but he's, you know, he was, he was, he was, very isolated in the midfield. He moved around the pitch well, but he didn't you know, particularly play well because nobody played. Nobody who started play well enough to actually get any sort of plotted save. Maybe Allison, because you know, the the level of everybody was poor. But they were blowing. A, we were blowing a gasket for minutes, like you know, ten through thirty five, where we just couldn't keep up with the level of pace that they were putting through the midfield by just playing direct balls, like. Brentford decided that they didn't need the ball. They only completed 97 passes the entire game. They created four big chances off of that. So it's just very clear that we don't have the intense that we either didn't have the intensity or aren't or aren't putting enough effort to get um, through a lot of sprints. And I guess the question there is going to be: Is that something where we tried to actually work on fitness in Dubai, or was it just let's go back to the drawing board and start again with the tactics? It seems like the latter, and it seems like they've gone bad to the back to the bad tactical setup. So, um, you know, it felt like if it, 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 it doesn't feel good, it really doesn't feel good. No, it it really doesn't. I mean, Harinda, I'll just come to you um, uh, before we let you go. Um, you've heard what the panel have said. Would you like to respond to that? Yeah, I currently feel 
like the littlest, the youngest girl in Despicable Me, where she turns to Gru and goes, just fix it. Yeah. She just turns to Klopp and she goes, just fix it. Just fix it. Literally, Liverpool, just fix it because we are being outrun. We're being outgunned. We're being outmuscled. Um, and it's really hurting. Really hurting. I mean, this seems a bit like deja vu because I'm, I'm sure I had the same call with you guys a year ago. That's the Chelsea match. Mm. It does seem very deja vu, right? Like, whereby you're just getting suckered into thinking that Liverpool, right? You know what? Leicester was a bit of an anomaly. Maybe, you know what? It won't be the same again. And, all right. It wasn't the same again. We actually scored our own goal in this one, um, which helped. But the rest of it is almost like a carbon copy. That's really painful. Really painful. Um, at home and away, you know what? People are going to support Liverpool. They're going to go to the matches. They're going to get behind the team. But the sheer pain in people's faces at 2-0 in the away end, yeah, I can't begin to explain to people or describe it. There were just people just like, well, what the fuck are we doing here? Because we'd seen them almost do the same thing again to us. So when the second goal went in for the corner, sorry, when the, the offside goal went in for the uh, corner, when they were checking it possible, we thought Ben Mee was offside. So it turned out to be it was the case as well. Um, everyone was just like going, well, I was just shit. But they suckered us in exactly the same way and we let it happen. Only for them first, 120 seconds odd later, they scored another goal um, to definitely make it 2-0. Yeah, this is not a Liverpool side that has a lot of confidence um, with the fan base, I think, and also with each other. There's something not right. Like, there's a real funk between them all. Um, and I wouldn't say it's seeping completely into everybody in, in the away end or the home end or anything, whichever you want to look at it. Um, but give it a month or so, or even until the end of the month. And if it stays like this, then it will. And that's the bad place to be. Really is. I mean, there's loads of people, my phone's going off in the background, like, oh, yeah, no, we're not going to get this person, we're not going to do this, we're not going to get fourth. So all the naysayers are there, all the doomsday monkers are absolutely 100% sharpening their knives to, to give you the whole I told you so about every single thing. And would you listen to them? Would you say that they are right? Would you say they are wrong? What would you do? You know, there's nothing you can do right now. People are going to vent, they're going to express their opinion in that sense. Um, but for me, I just turn around and say, you know, you just got to fix it. You just have to fix this because this can't carry on. Absolutely. And we'll, get to, we'll get to the fixing as well. And no doubt we'll talk about the transfer window. But Harinda, thank you so much for joining us. No oh, problems. Got, I wish it was a better circumstance. Absolutely, absolutely. But you know what? Misery loves company and we do have a fair few callers. And um, I'm going to go to the next one who's been waiting patiently. Kieran, are you there? Yes, I'm here, Mina. Well, it's great to have you back on, Kieran. You know, you know the drill, so the take it away. No, uh, well, it's just um, just the the pressing yet again. I thought, um, uh, but I think um, we've had a defeat at this coming for a while. I thought the previous two games that even though we won, I thought we were poor in those games. Well, the second half of the following game, we were particularly poor, um, but Leicester, we were got awful and we got out of jail by two comedy on goals and tonight you know it's been at the feet like this has been coming it's not been good enough the performances i think 
where I keep conceding shitty goals and like you, you know, it's just it's just like carbon copy of the whole season. Only we just keep conceding the same old goals from basic errors and mistakes and like you said before, we've paid the price for it yet again today. And I think I think for us now, even the top four is going to be a stretch. If I'm being totally honest. Oh, stern words, stern words. And um, I'll come to the panel. Would they want, do you want to respond to that? I mean, I'm kind of frustrated, Dave, because this, as we've seen, we've seen some of our rivals kind of drop points here this weekend. And you're kind of looking at it thinking, well, you know what? It's, it's, in, it's in touch and reach. And um, even Man City are absolutely having wobblers, um, you know, drawing to um, Everton. And then you see Liverpool just not, embarking or taking full impact of the situation around them it's it's actually quite frustrating i mean do you have a response to that i mean top four i guess the first thing is i agree it's been coming um top four it's going to be a massive challenge i think if you look at the sports washing clubs you look at city chelsea even newcastle now i know they drop points at the weekend i i think if they get top four this year, they're going to spend big. It's going to, mm-hmm. You basically got three places there straight off the bat. And then you're vying for that last spot in Arsenal. I don't really understand how Arsenal keep doing it because I don't genuinely think they're that good. But, you know, they, they keep doing it. So, fair play. Well, to with them. the situation that we're in, I'd rather them win the league. I'm going to be honest yeah. with you. Because yeah, I'm just I mean, to death of the, yeah. the, the, the state of football right now. At least they're a proper football team. You know what? I, I haven't decided yet where my heart is going to go because I find it so frustrating that, that even City dropping the points at the weekend, I'm like, for fuck's sake, why couldn't you do this in the last five years? You know, it, every one of those seasons where we were fucking brilliant, finishing with 97, 98, what, what, 99 points, whatever it was. And it's like, why can't you fucking do that then? But when we're out the race, why do you think? What do you feel like you can take your foot off the gas now? You know, is is the rivalry is it, is it that deep for you? But um, so yeah, I I think it's going to be really really difficult. And I'm trying not to get emotionally invested as I have been for almost every other season before this one because I just don't feel that we're going to do it because I, I just don't. We were talking about the naysayers and the doom mongers, and, and I probably, I, I quietly probably put myself in that camp before the season came in because it's like, well, if we don't reinforce the midfield, we're going to fucking really struggle. You know, if we're reliant on Henderson and Milner and, you know, Cater, who's constantly injured, Jones seems to constantly be injured. If we're reliant on these players, who can't play consecutive games. We're fucked. We, we won't even... I, I didn't think we'd drop out of the top four, but I didn't think we'd be pushing City. And the problem is, when you, when you have these thoughts, and then you see it unfold, exactly how... You know, there was no special insight that I had. Lots and lots of people were saying it. And, you know, it got to... What was it? A couple of days before, and Klopp says, oh, yeah... I, I didn't think we needed a midfielder. I'm like, fucking hell, mate. You should probably keep those work, you know, those thoughts inside your head because now it looked, everyone thought it was FSG before. Now it looks like you, and that could just be him being a company man. But again, I found the, the comments in the last couple of days a bit troubling that, you know, he doesn't seem to appreciate, he doesn't seem to acknowledge there's a problem. 
I think Gakpo, I was really disappointed that he didn't play today uh, or, you know, make an appearance on the bench. Don't quite know what's happened there, but, you know, he's still, he's not the priority uh, area that we needed to replenish. He's going to be a great player. I'm sure he is, but fucking hell, we, we are so crying out for that central midfield position and we've just never bloody properly replenished it for the last five years or so. So... I, I again, I just feel like uh, to me, this team now it looks like they're not actually trying like they were trying before, and that's the that's the thing that probably hurts the most. And I, I am starting to wobble a bit on Klopp. It, it looks to me like some of the team, th- their heart's just not in it now. Whether that's the coaching methods from Linders or you know whatever it is. It's not just about the tactics. There's, you know, stretching for that ball. There's, you know, making that run when you're not actually sure you're going to receive the ball. There's lots of things happening on the pitch which just make us look just like we're not that arsed. Mm. And, Justin, I'm going to come to you. Same question to you again. You know, um, Liverpool top four chances. Liverpool just looking sluggish. And, of course, Kieran mentioned the point that, you know, that that hammering by Brentford was absolutely coming and he's kind of spoke about the the games there and obviously we started off really aggressive against Aston Villa in the first half I thought we were really good second half we kind of started losing it a bit you know the usual Liverpool kind of lapses in concentration managed to see that game through one beat one you know one three one and then we're very lucky against Leicester let's be honest you know two um own goals gifted us that win because I thought Liverpool were absolutely awful and then we get absolutely hammered here that is Three games in the space of a week, but everyone's had to play that intense fixture list. So you can't really blame it on that. I'm actually now quite grateful at the fact that maybe we get a little bit of a break from the league now um, uh, and to work on things. I know we've got the FA Cup on Saturday, but I'm not one bit asked about it because I think, you know, the, the writing is on the wall. Top four is going to be an uphill battle. And if if you don't have the players and the personnel, and if it looks like Jurgen Klopp is not going to address the midfield, I'm actually a little bit concerned. I want to get your thoughts on you know what Kevin has said, what David said, and also the points that I've just kind of mentioned. Oh, top four, I think, is doable because I think that the other teams around are just kind of also bad in and out. That said, yeah. that said, um, you know. I think it would be extremely negligent to not address the midfield. And to be perfectly honest, if it's just one midfielder coming in, that's really the bare minimum. We need to. We have no energy in the midfield. Like, look at our look at our midfield right now, right? Jordan Henderson right now just looks like a shell of the player he was. He, 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 he's not one that we can rely on, but we know he will be relied on. So that's already, you know, starting behind the eight ball. Fabinho is gonna. Fabinho can look good until you run him into the ground, and without another six, we're gonna run him into the ground. Tiago needs his minutes managed. Kada needs its minute. His minutes managed. Elliot probably not a midfielder. Fabio Carvalho has disappeared off the planet. Also not a midfielder. Arthur does he exist? Will he ever play for us? Does is he? At, what, what's what is in his legs after a major injury? Who knows? Like Curtis again missed most of the season. Is he a midfielder? Because most of his career has been played all over the pitch, and he doesn't really seem to fit what we need as a, in a midfield. And then Ox is really only getting a look in at forward, and you can tell that he, by the way, also doesn't look like he's going to be the answer for us there. So the whole thing of having enough midfielders, sure. 
is it the it's the quality of them that's the important thing and we they're not a we don't have what's up to snuff we need players with energy who can actually sit there and allow us to shrink the pitch so that we can more effectively not allow our defense to be just run at uh, and while we're on this point i'm going to i'm going to bring up this tweet that was shared in the uh match thread actually that's a uh statistical point which is Liverpool have uh, allowed have a, a conceded fifty one more chances this season, fifty one big chances according to Opta this season. That wow. is more than twice as many of the as the five teams above them in the table. Like your your process is broken when your defense is that easy. Like everything in your system is broken when you're that easy to play through. So I don't really want to hear a lot of the optimism around Klopp and Linders to get this right because. They need to take strong action. I think Dave is right that he actually just needs to call it, you know, for once, call a spade a spade. Hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, they're every week after the Premier League match week so make sure you listen to everything we're doing on epl index and follow us there on twitter at epl index thank you bye-bye and they need to have they need to have midfielders in to help fix this because the midfield's destabilizing the entire team at the moment and a lot of people saw it before the season that you know the, the question was would we be able to patch it like we did last year with nabby and tiago being one player the answer to that's been clearly no. These guys. So the answer there is go out and buy someone now. Like you have to go do it now. And if you can't, if if the entire approach is to we want to get Jude Bellingham, you better land him because if you don't, then you're making then then you're throwing away a season completely on something that's not going to happen. And we do run the risk of throwing this season away if we don't get a midfielder in because top four as a consolation prize is well below the, what every Liverpool supporter should be expecting from this side. Yeah. yeah. I cannot disagree with anything. What any of you guys have said there, you know, um, absolutely. Um, yeah. If you're going to put everything into Jude Bellingham, then you better land him and you better make sure that, you know, you beat off your, your competitors. And it, right now it looks like that isn't really set either. You know, Real Madrid are still in the running for the guy. I am going to quickly go back to Kevin. You've heard what the panel have said. Um, I'll let you respond and then I'll move on to our next caller. We're quite busy today. I think, um, yeah, I think it's completely obvious that we uh, we need a midfielder without question. I think the, the, the amount of times a season we just get cut through conceding goals because we're leaving too much space in the midfield is just absolutely ridiculous. And, um, I think it needs to be addressed if we are to selfish at least fourth. But the thing is, I don't want to be 
having to sit here and celebrate for some sort of great achievement. That there should be the minimum aim for this club. But, but right now, given the position that we're in, you would certainly have to few for success, just given how bad we've been this season. Hmm. No, absolutely. Kevin, thank you so much for your call. Pleasure. Thank you, Nina. No, it's a pleasure. But that was Kieran, our second caller. Um, we're quite busy, as I said. I'll go to our next caller. Cam, are you there? Cambridge? Hello. Oh, you don't sound happy. Oh, what's there to be happy about? No, uh, I hear you. This, this football team is done. It's absolutely done. And the reason I say that is, let's go back... Um, Eight years, nine years. And you're thinking, where am I going now? Why is he going that far back? Am I going to go back to the Dortmund team with Klopp? Two Bundesliga titles, a domestic cup, Champions League final. And then the team was just done. It was shot to pieces. And history is repeating itself here now with Liverpool. This season has been a testament to that. We've done nothing all season. The odd game, City, you know, aside, what have we done? You know, we've, we've had some good results in a poor Champions League group. We got battered by Napoli in the first game. And it, it, it all comes down to these players are physically and, and mentally now even, they're shot. They've got nothing left in those legs. And we've, we've addressed the attack. We brought in Nunes, we brought in Diaz, we brought in Gapco. You know, we've we refreshed that up and two of those players, uh, um, you know, Jota as well, sorry. So we've we've done that. We're, we've been working on the defence over time as well. And that's been addressed, you know. We've got, we've got strength and depth in defence. That midfield, we signed Naby four years ago. And then since then, we signed one midfielder. That is fucking pathetic. It's damning on FSG. And I've been a big advocate of it and a big supporter of FSG in the way that they run the club overall generally. Yeah, they've got their faults, but it's damning on them. It's damning on Klopp as well. And I'm, I'm getting to the point watching it this season. You can um, watching games this season, and maybe I'm being a little bit overreactionary here. But if Klopp don't sort this shit out by the by the end of the summer, by the end of the season, sorry, he he, we've got to look at his position as well, because at the end of the day, he if he's not going to learn from his mistakes in the past, if he's saying he didn't need a midfielder. Why the fuck did he sign Arthur Mello? Last day of the transfer window in the summer. Pependo got injured. He just reacted to that injury. That was all that it was. Every other right. midfielder dropped. And as yeah. soon as Pendo got injured, that's when he went out and got Arthur Mello. I love Jurgen right. Klopp, but that, well, that pissed me off. Yeah. Let me, let me um, ask you. Let me, I'm let me finish you. Okay. Right. I, I do want to pose a question to you there. Sure. Right. What happens if, because now the rumor today about a midfielder is that it's Matthias Nunez is who we're chasing. Right, mm-hmm. a player who was rumored to be offered to us over the summer. Cam, yeah. how would you view it if, in the same vein as Arthur, we went back for a guy in January that we said no thanks to in August? Well, that's just pathetic, isn't it? Again, 
it just shows that the, where, where is their thinking? Where is their planning? They're going to get Jude Bellingham in. Great. You're going to get Jude Bellingham in. Jude Bellingham ain't going to change that midfield on his own. We don't need one midfielder. We need three midfielders. Right now, he, he's saying, are you telling me Naby Keita is one, isn't one of the best three midfielders at Liverpool Football Club? Whatever he's done, he's still, not, he's still better than everybody else in that club. And it looks like he'll be going in the summer. Let's be real. He'll, be, he'll go on a three. Yeah, That's fine. he'll go. Yeah. In, at the end of the day, Naby Keita, I mean, for all his faults, he's the best midfield, but problem is he's never available. So that, yeah. you have to get rid of him. You've got, yeah. you've got, you've got Naby Keita replaced. You, Hendo's, like, like Justin said earlier, is on his last legs. Thiago is, for all his wonderful passing and everything, he, he, he's not going he's, he's gonna to go, only go backwards. Fabinho doesn't look the same player. He's only going to go backwards. Suddenly, your best midfielders are looking. You're worried about them, and there's nobody actually behind them who are actually pushing them in any way, shape, or form. You don't yeah. need one midfielder. You need three midfielders, and you've only put one midfielder in in the last four years. It's a fucking joke, and, it, and that is the problem that this team faces. We have got no physicality left in that team because the midfield under Klopp was always the engine room. If you ain't got an engine, you ain't going anywhere. Right now, we've got no engine. You can put all the fuel in you want, but fuel's just pouring straight back out again. And that's what we've got. We've got nothing in the midfield, and that's on Klopp, that's on Linders, that's on Kravitz, that's on FSG, and it's a fucking joke. So um, we need to get uh, Mando on. Where's Mando when we need him? He'd fucking rip this show apart with his rant. We need a Mando rant, I'm telling you. I'm so, sure uh, USA podcast will be in, in the can at some point. Uh, Justin, looking at you, make it happen. I can, I, I can, I can arrange this. Uh, yeah. I'll arrange. Well, there you go. Um, uh, your, your wish has been answered. There you go. At least, at least Justin will deliver the goods. Um, Dave, I'm going to come to you. Cam's made some points there. First of all, he made the comparison to Dortmund. I did the podcast um, when we unveiled Jurgen Klopp as the boss and I spoke to Jonathan Harding, Bundesliga expert. Um, you guys have heard him many times on the pods. And he did say on that pod, be warned, he will break your team. So, because of the system and the intensity that he plays. Now, I'm as worried as Dortmund because what happened after there was obviously, um, the team went really, really off the scale. You know, they went, they, they regressed so much. And, you know, in that instance, Jurgen Klopp had to deal with players moving to Bayern Munich because Bayern Munich had the money and could take away their best players. Also, he's, it's different here because nobody's actually taking our players away. These are players that have aged. He has the money. He can, he can reinvest in the team. He's just choosing not to do so. Also, we're also looking at potential new owners, which means that there will be money. I mean, we're paying big money for the, you know, for the likes of Gakpo and things like that. It's not the fact that they don't have money. It's the fact that he's not willing to spend it where he needs to. So for me, in that regard, it is different to Dortmund because I felt like Dortmund, he was pretty much strong and he was a victim of the circumstances. At the moment, I feel like he's making the circumstances. He can totally change that. He can totally react. And the midfield is absolutely paramount because if you fix that midfield, I'm not being funny, it was like marshmallow. It was so soft. There was nothing in that midfield, certainly today, certainly for the whole entire season. We can see the wheels are falling off. It is putting so much unnecessary strain on our defence. It makes our defence look bad. It is a domino effect to everything. And because if that midfield isn't functioning, it is suffocating and negating our attack. It is it's essentially the heart of the team. Yeah. 
I think the the problem I have with the the Dortmund comparison, which I wasn't, which is why I wasn't believing it initially, but then I, I'm finding it difficult to argue against now. But I am going to do is I, Jurgen Klopp does not come across to me like someone who can't learn lessons. And so many people talk about this seven year thing with Klopp. It, it, it's impossible for him not to have been challenged with that and think, oh yeah, well this this is kind of how we ended up here. I, I think this is a slightly new set of problems. But the comparison I'll make is this: this all feels very much like the Liverpool team of the nineties, in particular around ninety one, ninety two. Won the league the last time in 90. We signed Ronnie Rosenthal to play up front. And yes, everyone remembers that fucking glaring miss against Villa, the open goal. But he was fucking brilliant when we got him in on loan. But it was an attacking player when actually we needed to replenish it at the back. And Mm. then suddenly we ended up... I mean, what we saw tonight was every cross that went in that box, it, it felt like it could easily be a goal. You know, we look so, so weak yep. uh, with every cross that went in. And that's how it felt from the the early through pretty much the whole 90s. Because once teams got wind of it, you know, and they saw other teams do that, they were like, oh, right, well, great. We'll just uh, get a flick on at the near post and then it's a goal. Jobs are good. And teams like Wimbledon, Crystal Palace, they, they used to do it to us all the time. I feel like the thing that troubles me more than anything And I don't know what it is because Jurgen Klopp has said so many right things. And even when he's been given really tough questions and he comes out with the perfect response and you just think, how the fuck do you do that? Perfect response yet again. This last year or so, he's just come out with fucking nonsense half the time. Mates just sent through to me a a text message quote from Jurgen Klopp there. That third goal was a foul. No, it wasn't. Are you watching the same fucking thing? So yep. I'm not saying he can't see things in an objective way, but again, you build up more and more data points and then it is an actual trend. This thing about the midfield moaning about, you know, uh, we signed this great player Gakpo and people just want another one. But you're right that for whatever reason it is, it just seems to be a massive blind spot around this midfield and we can all see it. And the reality was from day one, when Jurgen Klopp came into the club, you could kind of see what he wanted to do. From that first game when we played um, uh, Spurs and we had to play Origi up front. And, and you know, it, it was like, okay, he didn't change too much, but you could kind of see where he wants to go. And as fans, we can get behind that. It's like, okay, the match today, it didn't go for us, but you know what, we'll, we'll get there. And it's that ever, you know never-ending goal to to reach that point on the horizon, to get that team to where you think you're going to. And I think with the the lack of the midfield, um, which I don't know how much it cost us today. Again, for me, it was was the defense I'd have to look at today. It just just looked woeful. but it's I think they're doubling up on the left-hand side as well. They just wasn't there. I just felt like, you know, players like Elliot and things, you know, um, I just felt like they were hitting us on the counter on the left-hand side. There are three parts to the game, right? If you break it down, when you've got the ball, when you don't have the ball, and around seven seconds when you're in transition, that seven seconds of transition, Brentford looks so fucking dangerous. You know, every time they got the ball, they were looking at, right, 
Where's my runner? Where am I going to hit that dangerous space? We got the ball and we did almost nothing with it. Occasionally we'd try and get Nunes away. That was it. But generally we did nothing. I mentioned before about Canate being up front for a bit. And we were still dicking around with the ball at the back. We kept know? playing it. We kept playing backwards passes to each other. I saw that nobody was making them move forward. I was watching it getting really frustrated. And I was like, I don't see a goal coming. Yeah. No, we, we just did not look like scoring. I didn't think they'd score as well, but but they did. Um, but again, they, they just look more threatening than us. So I share Cammy's um, uh, disillusionment at the minute. I think Klopp has to... I, uh, look, he's earned, for me, at least another season, you know, with all the things that he's done in the past. But there's something drastically wrong at the minute. And, that, you know, it's troubling what's going on behind the scenes with all the different people leaving, people I'd never heard of, you know, all leaving. But I've seen it with companies as well. When when you get lots of people leaving in a cluster, it's generally not a good thing. And so, you know, we need to start hearing some answers. And at the moment, I'm not hearing anything from Clark that actually gives me any confidence that we're going to solve this one anytime soon. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, he just needs to be a little bit more candid about it. And I agree with you, the last goal was not a foul. Football's a contact sport. Yet, he goes into the back of him, he does. but. Kanata, you're a big, strong lad. You know, like, I'm going to call you out for being a bit shit there. It is what it is. Do you know what I mean? Justin, I'm going to come to you. Um, you've heard what Cam had to say. You've heard what Dave had to say. I want to get your thoughts on, you know, just the, the conversation that we've just had here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's... I, I think it's really, really hard to come up with anything new to state because the problems are so glaring and apparent to all of us that there's only one thing I can posit here, or really, like, one of two things. Klopp wants to win in a certain way to prove that he that his methods work. Which... There's no ego thing, right? That is yeah, an ego that, thing. Yeah, everyone has an ego. Yeah, but that ego is also what got him to where he is, so you kind of get it, right? Like, he's earned a bit of his stubbornness and his ego. He's one of the best managers in the world over the last 20 years. Um... He's won every single trophy that he's been in that he's been in competition for, with the exception of the Europa League, and I don't think he's going to lose sleep over that. But 
he he's going to sit there and say, no, I think I can just, you know, continue with the concept of I'm a better coach and I don't need to bring people in to just maybe, or I can, you know, I'll persist with this particular lineup and tactics because he believes that's what's right. And he is stubborn. Now, if he, what he, what you, what you'd hope is there's a break to his stubbornness and he will actually choose to say, you know what? I, I've gotten this wrong. Let me change this. There's no evidence that he's going to do that yet. But the first evidence would be how immediate does he see the need for a midfielder? And is he willing to bend on the fact that he might not get his first choices, but he needs players now who can provide some energy and some physicality because we're an extremely soft touch through midfield and that it extends through the rest of the team. Like, the midfield's the problem that's destabilizing the rest of the team, but a lot of the players, a lot of the other players aren't dealing with it particularly well. Like, Allison is. Trent arguably isn't. Uh, fair, I, don't, I wouldn't say he is. Matip, I don't think he, I, I think he's been okay, but I don't think he's been nearly as good as he was last season. Virgil's fallen quite a bit from last season and ha- isn't really, I think, dealing with the, the added pressure as well. The left back position between Robertson and, and and Simi is neither of them are giving you consistent performance. They're both talented players, but neither of them are giving you consistent performance. The forward line, Mo is too easy to crowd out of games, and Darwin doesn't score goals. So, like the the rot is settled around the entire team. You have a glaring area of deficiency, but the performance levels need to come up in a lot of different places. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Um, Cam, I'll quickly come to you before we go to our next caller. You've heard what the panel have said. Um, uh, yeah. Pretty much share your fire. Um, uh, let you have your final thoughts, and then we'll move on to yeah, our next just, caller. Just a couple of things. Um, we can't sign a midfielder yet until we offload because of squad numbers and homegrown player quotas and blah, 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 blah. So until you see a body move out, nobody's coming in. So who are you going to shift out in January? Who's going to want any of our midfielders or any player, any of our players that would be available in January. You'd be fucking stupid to pay money for any of that shower of shite. And, um, but just to finish it, try and finish it on a positive um, because we can't always be negative. You know, we're, bottom line is it's, it, it's frustration today, isn't it, from all of us. Uh, it's nothing more. It's nothing less. It's frustration from a, you know, a shit season that we've been having and especially the last three games. We, we've all seen the deficiencies in the team and, when, and, we, and we knew this result was coming. Uh, you could see it, you know, because all these teams are playing with intensity and uh, much more than us. But what I will say is we're going to win the fucking FA Cup. Yeah, I'm fucking taking that trophy back. It's a fucking big trophy. I don't care about this nonsense. Um, oh, top four is more important. I know it is more important, but guess what? When we always count the number of trophies at the end of the year that you won as well. So we're fucking going to go and win that fucking FA Cup. We're going to retain it, and we're going to get fucking top four because guess what? We've got liver birds on our chest, and that's what matters. I love I've how you turned on positive. I love that. I love how you turned on the positive. I still am binning off the FA Cup. I just don't think we. I, I just don't think we have the numbers to do it. But I, I, if we could do it, amazing. I would never ever snub a trophy. But given the circumstances at the moment. But Cam, thank you so much for calling in. I'm going to move on to our next caller. Um, JC Tyrone, are you there? Okay. So whilst we wait for our final caller, I mean, guys, um. I might as well just keep chit-chatting. I mean, 
Justin, you made a point there as well. You know, we're talking about some of the better players and obviously the, the, the Discord is going wild and, you know, people are talking about, you know, the players that were pretty decent. Of course, Naby Keita was highlighted by Cam and also in Discord having a good game. And you've kind of highlighted even our good players had some ropey moments because he was the one that got pressed and lost the ball for the third goal. Yeah, I mean, he was. He he gave the ball away cheaply. Now, midfielders give the ball away cheaply during games. It happens, right? Like, there's no need to, like, kill Naby and say many of the things that have been said about Naby Keita throughout the course of his career, right, at Liverpool. I happen to think he's a good, I happen to think he's a good footballer. I think that he's probably lost a little bit of athleticism from all the injuries, but he's got good close control and he plays his position well. But even then, you know, he's losing the ball pretty cheaply. Trying to make something happen in a game where we're down, where we're down two to one, trying to equalize, and like, look, should should Kanate deal with that situation better? Of course he should. He should be a six foot four inch center back who we all see as a man mountain instead of you know, lovering it. But uh, he, you know, even our players who are playing well aren't aren't doing so where they're you know, showing that they're majestic footballers. Every one of them is off the level that they need to be. Like we, I don't think we have a single player consistently giving us, you know, the kinds of performances that they're capable of at any point this season, at any point right now, except for maybe Darwin. And the problem with Darwin is he's a striker who's not scoring, which is not particularly useful. So we have, I mean, you know what? Actually, I will, I will. Uh, there, there is one person who gets excused on all this: the guy who plays in the goal, who does yeah. the least amount to help you with your build-up play. And the least amount of stopping the ball coming through the middle of the pitch. So we have, a, we have a really great goalkeeper, and we have a forward who gets himself into a lot of opportunities to score that are not scoring. And everything that's kind of coming in between is uh, playing well below its level. That's not a good recipe. Like, that needs to get fixed immediately. I do think you're going to have some players find better form throughout the second half of the season. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if Trent, you know, finds the kind of form he was in at the end of the last season because he is knocking on that door, uh, at least on ball. But mm, there's just a lot of players who are just performing well below where they need to be. But, you know, if we're going to sit there and talk about, the, you know, a player that's obviously getting a lot of attention for his performance today, it's, it's Harvey Elliott is what we should be talking about, um, or at least from my perspective. I think He's a 19-year-old kid, which is obviously very young, and he's been, I think he's been overplayed in a position that doesn't suit him. Yeah. And the, the book is out on what to do against him and us, and I think that he really could use um, a little bit of a removal from the firing line, or also, and, and in that removal from the firing line, play him as a forward. That's his position. We need, we're short forwards anyway. Use him as a bench forward. Start him in cup games as a forward here and there, but like, the central midfield thing with Harvey Elliott, it's just not working. He doesn't have the physicality to play as a right-sided eight in the Premier League. He can, do, he can play as a 10. I'm sure that's probably the position that he'd fit, he'd fit best, but we don't play a 10 in the 4-3-whatever we're playing right now. But he's got a massive problem, though, and he just didn't like. And I would like Dave to chip in on this, and then we'll come to JC Tyrone. Hopefully, he should be on. But I just yeah. want to get your thoughts on this because Elliot, yep, you're absolutely spot on. He doesn't suit that midfield. We know that, right? He seems to have built up a, a real nice sort of partnership with Mo Salah on the right hand side. It obviously didn't really happen today, but 
before the World Cup, there was, you know, moments of it you could see as to why. He'll never break into that top three, certainly not in the Premier League. Look, like, I just don't see it happening for him. And he's going to have to, he's going to play him and he's going to have to play him and he will play him in the midfield because guess what? He doesn't have the midfielders. I feel bad for Harvey Elliott. Yeah, I, I really like him. I, I think he's got bags of potential. I don't quite know where his final position will be because I think he lacks the pace to be in that front three for us. So as great a player as I think he's going to be, I, I'm actually not sure it's going to be with us. We need to figure out what we're going to do with him. What I don't understand is why you play Elliot in this game against an incredibly physical team, a team that's going to bypass the midfield and then when they've not got the ball, they're going to pack out the defence and get numbers behind. I don't know why you play Elliot as opposed to someone who can carry the ball like Naby, unless Naby is carrying an injury, but he didn't look like he was carrying an injury. and You know, it, it, that's what I'm not getting. So, yeah, I, I think he, he he didn't do anything, let's face it, in this game. And, yeah. and you know, we, we said after the last game, well, you know, it'd be, it'd be a bit little little bit unfair to play Badgetich, you know, if I pronounce that right, um, because he's too young, you know, in the Brentford game. But, I mean, it, it must be around about the same age as Elliot. You know, it, it does seem as unfair to play him in this one. And, again, it's just, for whatever reason, we just seem to be a little bit clueless. It, it's as if, to me, we've decided that, you know, let's sack off this pressing game, because everyone's doing that now. So what, what we're going to do, we're going to be clever. We're going to play this you know, uh, possession-based game, you know, and we're going we're gonna to find the gaps, we're going to find these spaces, you know, and, and slide rule pass, but we don't have the, the players to do it. So I agree with you. I think Harvey Elliott should be taken out the firing line. Um, I, I will say, actually, I, I thought Ox I've been quite critical of um, for the last four years or so, but... Um, like the Aston Villa game, I thought he did okay tonight. Obviously, he got the goal, but you know, even even aside from the goal, I thought his general uh, running with the ball was okay. But yeah, uh, Elliot, I'm afraid, did nothing. But I mean, the the question mark for me is not over Harvey Elliott. It, it's over Klopp, and why is he there? Why is he starting when he could come off the bench? Uh, you know, in the second half for Naby, you know, the opposite way to it happened. I, that's what I'm just not understanding. I'm going to see if I can bring in JC Tyrone now. Hopefully, everything's set. JC, there? Can you hear me, Nina? We can now. You sound crisp, clear. Um, you know the format of the podcast. The floor is yours. Take it away. Uh, disappointing, usual. I, I couldn't agree more with Kami that was on there before. Uh, th- th- this team is cooked. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Mm. Um, the midfield was cooked last year. It was never taken care of. And the most painful thing about it is everybody knew that, you know, um, whether they wanted to, to agree with it or not back in the summer, it was not taken care of, you know. And when you have ESPN using Corbally Red tweets to fucking prove a point, it's really, really bad, you know. Um, I, I can't I can't see a way back to this team without a huge overhaul, you know. I, I was sort of hoping against hope that uh, one midfielder would change this around but one signing's not changing this team around I I can only that's a long it's a, I don't know Justin said before the only reason the only hope I have of top four is the other teams around us are shit 
And that's basically it because Liverpool's not giving me any fucking reason of hope for to get top four this season. Uh, um, that Leicester game was just a carbon copy of today. I don't know how we got three points against Leicester, but I guess the gods just shone on us that day. But we didn't do enough to deserve three points against Leicester, and we almost certainly did not deserve three points today. And I'm not sure what has to happen. You know, um, Harinda was saying before about it, just fix it. You know, I. I the FSG just needs to sell this fucking club. Somebody needs to sit down and ask Klopp what he wants to do. And if the first words out of his mouth says, I don't need to buy a midfielder, then just get him out to fuck. Because he's obviously... It, it, like <clears throat> this, this answers that he has, that he's fine with what he has once in, every once in a while. These main media mind games that he, he's fucking doing, it's, I, I, it's not working. Every man and his dog knows this Liverpool team is not working. And it you know what, though, can, I just, can I come in, though? I, I truly, truly believe, like, this is just me personally. Like, I think he says something different to the media because one thing that he'll never do is throw his team under the bus. Now, if he says, I need a mid, I need midfielders, my midfield isn't good enough. Like, if his team are already giving shit performance, they're going to give even more ones. I, you know, like, it looks bad. Um, it's like the microscopes on his team. I'm not making excuses for him. I do believe he bollocks them. And I, I'd like to think that he, he could not be watching a different game to what you and I watched, John. Because you and I and everybody here knows yeah. that that midfield is a problem, right? He, but Har- Harvey's not a premiership midfielder. It, he hasn't been all season and he's still playing, fucking, still starting games in the, in the 2nd of January. It, it's Harvey, it, The Harvey experiment's over. It has to stop, you know? Hmm. No, no, I'm, I'm with you. Henderson's experiment's over. Like this, people throwing out numbers about it's sustainable. It's not sustainable anymore. Uh, Harvey's not sustainable anymore. Oxley Chamberlain should not be starting for Liverpool. It's it's all gone so wrong, and it needs fixed. You know, everybody just everybody's just fucking sick of it. You know. Yeah. No. No. I I I I caught that. And uh, John, thank you so much for your call. Okay, Nina. Thank you. Thank you. But I mean, like, let's kind of talk about the whole, you know, Jurgen Klopp thing and and the whole, I mean, guys, I do believe, like, don't get me wrong, what he says does frustrate the crap out of me. I'm not going to lie when he says I don't need a midfielder. But then a part of me does believe that he's just saying things for the sake of saying things. I think he's having very different conversations behind closed doors. I don't know if you feel like that. I mean, Dave, what do you make? Because surely he cannot be watching that being turned out and him being totally cool with it. Yes, a hundred percent. He says things behind closed doors that that you won't say to the media. And he's from day one, you know, he's tried to build up players, you know, and make them better, grow them, um, unlike say Jack Grealish at Man City. So he does try and do that, but you want to have that element of doubt, don't you? You want to think that okay, you know, behind the scenes. He knows that this midfield is a problem and he he needs to fix it. But then he, he drops into a press conference that, you know, he doesn't think the midfield players, uh, uh, the midfield is a problem. So, you know, it's on him that we didn't sign anyone. And you're thinking, OK, this, this could just be being a company man. He, he does really know because we've got faith with him. We have done for the last few years. But then they fucking sign Arthur Mello. A weird, weird signing, and even fully fit. I'm not sure he fits into our our system. Very press resistant, but just I'm not sure it was ever a a really good signing. And then, all right, it was crap. But 
he does break down with an injury, but you did take on a player with a you know quite a big injury record as well. So so that's your second data point that leads you to well, actually no, he's he that was more truthful. That was one of the more truthful things. Maybe he really didn't think. You know, it's either too shemmy or no one. There is literally no midfield uh, player in the world that can improve on that midfield that we have with Henderson, Milner, <laughs> and Fabinho, you know, throw in Jones, throw in Elliot, whoever. We, we've we got all we need, and, and you know, we, we would really struggle. We are talking either to Shemi or we'd need Bellingham. That's the only way that we can improve this midfield. And Jesus Christ, I, I think if we got this Nunes in, after passing on him in the summer, and we're going to pay twice, three times, whatever it is, I think that's borderline gross incompetence then. Because I just think there's something wrong with our eye for a midfield player. I think if you just got some legs in, it doesn't need, it doesn't have to be a Jude Bellingham. It doesn't have to be an Enzo Fernandez. It doesn't have to be these top, top, top players to give us some legs in midfield. Now, it's not it's not to say you just get anyone in, you know, go to Stoke and buy some player, but there must be so many players that we could get to just replenish that midfield and we seem to always want to um buy mostly attackers or or a, a defender we've just got a blind spot for that midfield spot and justin would you like to respond no i mean i th- i don't think there's i don't think there's much else there like dave's got dave dave's correct we need to buy a midfielder and and we can't let perfect be the enemy of good in the in the player we need to buy. Like we need someone who can provide energy and physicality to our midfield because it gets cut through far too easily. And someone who actually does enough running as to where you want to manage Tiago's decline and get the most out of him. You make him run the least, and you do that, and and you get him on the ball the most by having people who basically plow the road for it. It's what we did with Gerard in thirteen fourteen. That got him moving the ball forward well, which was you had Jordan Henderson and then either, you know, another player doing all of his running for him. In this case, you have an even better version of that because you have Fabinho. So you have a defensive midfielder who can really help you. You need someone who is just an energy guy who can take a game and just say, I'm going to be the most running in this midfield. You're not going to have an easy moment with me there. Because right now, we don't have easy moments. We give other teams midfields easy moments. Right, we're not quick enough to challenge them. We're not physical enough. When we press, the midfield isn't there to form the second unit, the second line of the press to compress space enough because they just can't get to the positions they're in. And we need we need at least one guy. I think we need two who can actually get to those spots and make other teams more mis- miserable in the way we used to. Right, we used to suck to play against. Now we kind of don't. Now we're great to play against. Because you know that you can outrun us. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the sad part. I mean, there's a little something here by You Never Walk Alone Foodie. I'd like to get, get your response on this. I'm uh, putting a little tweet from the Anfield Talk. Um, Jamie Carragher, obviously post-match, we didn't really listen to much because we jumped straight on here. Um, Jamie Carragher on Liverpool. It reminds me of Arsene Wenger's Arsenal that um, never won the league again when it turned too technical. I don't know if it's something to do with Pep Linders, who has a big influence. I, I have no idea 
what goes on behind the scenes. I think uh, it's still we'll, we'll look back on this in a few years and, and lament the fact that he he, he released that ridiculous book called Intensity when we just drop off a fucking cliff. <laughs> um, yeah. But clearly, something is going wrong on the coaching pitch. So you would think with that backroom staff, okay, the book stops with the manager, but. You know, the manager's got so much on his plate, you know, in terms of doing the press conferences, figuring out, you know, contracts, renewals, all that stuff. And I know there's people to help him, but the manager has to be there for everyone. It's gone past the days where you'd have, like, say, Brian Clough and, and he's properly coaching the team. I, I think he is reliant on that backroom staff. And the fact that we've seen our identity change so much you do have to look at the coaches, I think. But then second to that, you say, back to my previous statement, the book stops with the manager. If the if the manager can't see these things that are going wrong, then then that is a real problem. And the, there's a few comments that Carragher's come out with there. That it, it seems like the lid's finally come off. You know, he's he's actually been vocal. He, there's a few other quotes where he's saying... Well, Something about Kabayu and Elliot, that they're not Jurgen Klopp players, right? Well, he, he said they don't look like you know, yes. top, top players, so it's slightly nuanced way of putting it there, but I, mean, yeah. I, I think he's right. Um, but oh, what was the other thing I, I saw a second ago? Uh, it's, it's left my mind now, but it, it seems like he's been fairly vocal, but he's, he's just echoing what a lot of us have been saying for the last six months, you know, and it, it, it's just it's just frustrating. It's frustrating. Um, I'm going to come to you, Justin. Do you think it's a case of maybe he's giving Pep Linders too much power, if that is the case? I mean, because ultimately, whose head's on the chopping block? It's Jurgen Klopp's, right? And he used to have Buvac back in the day. You know, they used to call him his brain. Obviously, them two departed, and uh, Jurgen Klopp was doing fine. And, you know, obviously won things after Buvac, which I think surprised a lot of people because people thought he couldn't do it without his brain. I, do, you, do you think it's a case of refreshing the coaching staff and just changing things up and maybe not having Pep Linda so much in his ear, if that is the case, if he is having this much of a big influence? I, I'm going to try to keep this succinct with my opinions on it because I can go in a million different directions that fly off the handle. Yeah, can I, I just, before, before you start, can I just say something about Pep Linda's? About two seasons ago, certainly last season, when people talk about who's going to replace Jurgen Klopp, I was... Uh, the belief, people watch Steven Gerrard, right? And I was like, oh, no, 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 it should be boot room. I'd, I'd rather have like a Pep Linders. I'm going to hold my hands up and say, I do not want that. I do not. I, I, yeah. I, I thought he, he seemed to be doing all the things. And Klopp, last year, when we'd make changes, he, he'd give Linders the credit. And so I, I was yes. starting to come around to that way of thinking. I think, oh, is he grooming him? That's why, him? yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. And when he, he would let him like do the press conferences for like the League Cup and stuff. So I think I was being like doctored into that way of thinking. But mm. I'm way out of it now. I'm like, absolutely not. But go on, Justin. I'll leave it this way. I don't think that I want a guy who implemented tactics that were completely insane and flamed out at NEC in, the, in their Eredivisie managing Liverpool. Um, I need to see actual success um, or any form of success at a level that matters. And he's not done that as the manager. Now, does he have a good tactical mind? 
maybe. I, I, I'm not seeing it at the moment because I think the tactics we play are terrible and they aren't fun to watch. Um, and I think being dogmatic about it, which both Klopp and Linder seem to be, is uh, it, it's not what I would like to see for us because I just don't think it's very good. And uh, that's 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 where I end up on that. Like I, I just I I'm not a I'm not a pet fan. Um, I I wanted neither Gerard nor Linders. I want like an actual real you know I want yeah. a guy with actual managerial experience at some big sides across multiple leagues. Doesn't have to be doesn't have to be an English manager. In fact. Would prefer it not be an English manager. Yeah, but go find, go find someone from the continent who's managed a team that's gone very deep into the Europa League or Champions League. Who's ready for the step up to a super team, and find them a structure that works for them. Now, I'm not ready or there yet because I Jurgen Klopp has a lot of uh, he's got a lot of room with me, right? Guys, because yes. he's got a lot a lot of room with. Me. I do think yeah. he needs to, ch- to change some things, but my opinion on Klopp is he goes when he wants to go, not when he not not in a forced manner. Mm. But he just needs to accept the fact that uh, Jordan Henderson isn't going to be able to run like a wall through the like the through a wall like the Kool Aid Man for the rest of his life. I'm with you. I think you're absolutely spot on, guys. I think we've come to the end of the pod. I mean. <laughs> I don't really want to talk that much about this game anymore. We know it was absolutely dreadful. We know we've got done. There weren't many bright spots of it. Is there anything you kind of want to mention about the game before we kind of close this pod off? Um, uh, Dave, I'll come to you first. Yep. Um, I think the only other thing, obviously, everyone talks about Nunes uh, missing his chances, but the one chance that he puts away quite convincingly is caught offside again. And again, someone needs to have a word with the lads, you know, in his ear and just say, look, you are the fastest fucker bar none on this pitch why do you keep having to try and you know steal a yard stay the fuck on side you can see the the defender is in your eye line I, I don't understand why he keeps getting uh caught offside but you know that's something presumably that can be coached but hugely frustrating that would have changed uh changed the game but i have to say obviously we had the goal that was disallowed for offside then we scored and you, you're waiting for almost that uh, that spirit of Istanbul. You're thinking, okay, we can come back, we can get three points here. But I, I think it just fell flat. Then I think, Bur- I think overall in the whole game, Liverpool played good for maybe 15 minutes. Yeah, in that entire game. I, I think Brentford weathered that little bit of a storm, but again, when they broke in that seven seconds in transition, they looked bloody dangerous. Yep. And then we suddenly we ran out of ideas. And then you've got Trent halfway up the pitch trying to throw a cross in and just launch it into the box. And then you've got no one in midfield. You've got everyone camped out uh, in defence and we just launch a ball in. And it just, again, it it just says to me that we've kind of run out of ideas as well. We're just not sure how we break teams down now. When they go, you know, when they do drop back like that, when they're on the back foot, you know, we've, Clueless how to break them down, but really, the game was lost in the first half. The final point I will make: that fucking first goal. I know we had two chalked off for uh, being offside and whatever. Um, anyway, but that, there is no doubt in my mind that abs- that ball absolutely did brush 
Ben Mee's hand. Of course it did. Of course it did. Of course it did. Yeah. yeah. I have you. no yeah. idea why that was not disallowed. It was clear as day. You could see from his arm movement, he reacted to the ball touching him. And, and it's just a joke for me. It reminded me of um, the referee who, you know, wasn't sure whether Lovren had played a ball. It, it was uh, uh, an offside decision against Spurs. And someone caught it on camera, the discussion with the linesman. And he's like, oh, did it happen? Or if, if it's not sure, I'm going to give yeah. a penalty. Yeah. It was yeah. like that. It's as yeah. if it's like, oh, you know what? I'm not sure we're going to give a goal. That is bullshit. Yeah. 100% it was handball, that one. Yeah, and me looked sheepish as well, like when he went off to kind of like celebrate. You could see it in his face that he was like, is this going to be pulled against me and stuff? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, great, great shout there. I'm glad you mentioned that. Justin, over to you. Um, uh, Takeaways from the game, anything you kind of want to highlight before we, you know, go to plugs? Yeah, hope Virgil's okay. Um, mm. Good to see Andrew Robertson play well and provide some energy. Good to see, you know, I will I will say this. Robbo actually still does look like he cares, and he cares a lot, uh, yeah. which is yeah. which is nice to see because there's a bunch of guys where right now you do have to ask the question of, how much they, you know, I think people are at least going to ask the question of how much they care. I still think they all do. I just think that they're all jaded and uh, the, 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 there needs to be a catalyst and that needs to be a midfielder um, brought in by hopefully the next time I'm doing one of these podcasts. I'd like, I'd like new midfielders in now so that the next time I do this show, I'm talking about a different midfielder, hopefully doing something good that leads us to a win because... Um, this pattern, this pattern that we have going right now is, um, it's really deflating to watch because, because not only is it, uh, you know, very unlikely that we're going to pull off consistent runs of results, right. And we could have gone to five straight on the bounce, which is, you know, would would have been good and it covered some ground for us. But, um, you know, this season needs a catalyst and I, and I don't know where that, I don't think it comes from inside the club at the moment. No, you're absolutely spot on. Justin, um, whilst I've got you on, um, uh, some plugs would be nice for me. Where can people find you on social media? And is there anything that you would like to plug on this show? Yeah, this, uh, so uh, you can find me at, at uh, either LFCNY or Rolls on Shabbos. Um, got nothing to plug. I would just say, you know, the holiday season's just come around. And obviously, there's a lot of hungry people out there. So, you know. Continue to support local food banks and other ways to reduce food insecurity through the uh, new year. Great message. And do give Justin a follow. Dave, where can people find you on social media? And is there anything you would like to plug? Cheers. Well, before I forget, so uh, if you're in the UK, supporting the Trussell Trust for food banks, I think is a great thing to do. So um, I'm glad you reminded me that, Justin. I I think that's the, the best thing to do rather than follow me on social media but if you did want to do that uh, you can get me on seattle dojos you can also hear me on the vhs strikes back got a bit of a sylvester stallone double bill coming up so this week we've got cobra uh from 1986 and then we have next week coming out uh, a rocky five uh retro review so uh, uh not one of the most <laughs> uh, of the franchises yeah. but uh, it, it, it's interesting uh, let me put it that way so yeah and, and I try not I, I'm not tweeting honestly that much about Liverpool at the moment I think uh, I, I just choose not to tweet negative things so I don't have much to say these days but generally I, I 
I like to do that. And I want to get back to doing that. Yeah, tweeting good stuff about Liverpool. Yeah, guys, um, give Dave a follow as well. And um, some great plugs there. And also, you can also go to your local supermarket. They have a drop-off point for food banks as well. You can donate your food there as well. There's loads of ways that you can help your community. Um, guys, we have come to the end of this podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to it more than watching the Reds play. I have to give a special shout out to everyone that called in. Harinda, Kieran, Cam and um, John, thank you so much for calling in, guys. Um, thank you so much for listening. Take care. Um, hopefully things get fixed and we have, you know, some nice new shiny midfielders. You know, I've got to have the hope. Till next time, take care and up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.